Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Academia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today we are all recording from home. And we're speaking with a good friend of the show, Jennifer Bushman, as well as the CEO of Quare Arctic, which is a third generation family owned salmon farm uh, up in Norway. And his first name is Alf, but I am not going to attempt to say his last name. You will hear him say that in the episode, but I don't want to butcher it. So, um... Look in the show notes and listen to the uh, the main part of the episode to hear Elf G. his full Elf name. G. Yeah, And, uh, you know, we sit down with, with them and we talk about all of the great stuff they're doing. They have a really cool story of kind of how they started and how it's been in the family and how, how Elf married into it and kind of took over and uh, made some really big changes. And they, they're doing really well. They're doing big things, even though they're a small family-owned farm. So it's a pretty cool story. And it's a really good conversation about innovation and and sustainability and responsibility stuff. So what did you guys think? Did you enjoy the conversation? Yeah, that was a great conversation. I wanted more time, I think. I yeah, know. Like there was, it. it was really interesting. It seems like it seemed like as we kept talking, more and more interesting things kept coming up about all the different projects and initiatives that they're working on. So it was a really, really great conversation, and it's going to be a really good episode. Well, yeah. I think there's enough new things that they're doing that we're not aware of yet that will unfold in the coming year years that mm-hmm. to get them back on the show so definitely so enjoy the conversation check the show notes for all the links we're going to probably have a lot of links in there for this episode because there's a lot of different things that come up maddie sorry about that and we'll talk to you at the end enjoy the conversation with alf and jennifer welcome to the aquademia podcast our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Sitting down with friend of the show, Jennifer Bushman, and another friend can you say your name <laughs> my name is alf Jorunk knutsen uh, all right for moving on we're just going to call you alf yeah i'm comfortable saying that one <laughs> no problem uh, alf G, that's <laughs> Al- yeah alf is a ceo of a company called quare and they are a third generation family owned salmon farm with a really interesting backstory and some amazing things that they're doing right now so uh, first of all, I want to welcome you two. Thanks for joining us on the show. I know you guys are super busy, especially Jen. You're going crazy with uh, since Cena was canceled. You've been you've been nonstop, nonstop as usual. Yeah, <laughs> my reputation precedes me. But we we just wanted to come up with really creative ways for for our community to stay connected, and that's why um, Alf and I and the team, you know, we were brainstorming, and out of that came the the No Show Fish Show. So here we are, just keeping it going, and it's such an important time. Yeah, and we're going to talk more about the No No Show Fish Show uh, in our next recording. Yeah. when we sit down with you and give, give you a little more time. But because we have Alf on today, we're going to focus on Quare and their story. So Alf, can you give us a quick little history of both yourself and the company and the family and kind of how it all came to be? Yeah, I can, uh, I can start uh, humbly with myself. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, uh, maybe good. Uh, I'm, um, I am a... Uh, uh, 39 years old. I'm married, have the three kids. Uh, I'm, uh, I wasn't supposed to be a fish farmer. I, I come from a fishing family, that's correct. But I, I, I'm an educated teacher with, with an economy uh, degree also. I, uh, I was married into the fish farming industry. My wife is a part of the family. So it's my father-in-law and his father that uh, founded the company. Uh, wow. and, uh, yeah, and I came in uh, from the sideline and, and took over the company uh, uh, from my father-in-law in, in 2008 and have been working in the company since 2015, no, sorry, so I've been working 15 years for, uh, in the company. Uh, so uh, it's been quite a long time now. Uh, and so the company itself was founded in 1976 uh, by my father-in-law and his father. The grandfather of the family was uh, uh, a fisherman, and he was doing the cod fishery in the north of Norway. And when you do that, it's a six months work, and then you do have six months where you don't do anything. So 
he decided that uh, there were some crazy guys in the west of Norway that started fish farming and and he went down there to learn from them and, and got back and uh, found out that this this is a this is a good thing I can be doing when I'm not fishing uh, just to have something to do on the side he then put out 3,000 fish and, and thought that this was enormous and this is how big it's going to be but uh, because it took over the fishing job and everything and he ended up being fully employed by doing fish farming and um, that was the start with his with my father-in-law then also worked there he was only 15 at the moment but uh, still he's been working he worked in the company from he was 15 and until uh, 2008 so he Two years later, he handed over the company. And they built a, a solid company that uh, we took over uh, in 2000, or I took over in 2008. And I was joined by my two uh, brothers-in-law in 2009 and 2012. And together, we have been able to uh, to move the company where we are today, being a company that puts out uh, or produces 2 million salmon every year. So around 20 million pounds of salmon a year. Still being a small family-owned company based out of the island of Kvare and and uh, doing our own special thing and, and uh, the history of the company is a major part of what we're building and why we're building it and, and also a major part of why we're doing it because we have uh, all three families have moved uh, to the island. We live here. We have kids as you heard. I, I have a goal or a dream that one of our one of the next generation will take over the company and lead it forward. Or maybe one of the sons-in-law of the company will move <laughs> forward. That's, on that's what the happens. best way to go, huh? Yeah, it seems like uh, I have had uh, quite uh, the success so far. I, I don't want to jinx it or anything, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been good. Uh, I think the company also, it's been good for the company to have someone come in from the sideline with a different, uh, being a teacher and being a, uh, I have different perspectives on things uh, on the farming, and I know my father-in-law doesn't agree or didn't, yeah, doesn't agree in everything I have done. But now he he can say that okay, maybe I didn't agree there, but it's uh, you have done something right uh, when it comes to developing the company in the way that's sustainable and and um, being able to maybe give it on to the next generation in the future. Yeah. Well, anytime you can get your father-in-law's uh, approval, that's always yeah. <laughs> that's always a good yeah, thing. That's, <laughs> that's really impressive. To do. Yeah, I had a, I had a, my story with my father-in-law was so strange that uh, uh, as every son-in-law, I was nervous meeting him. But already the second time I met him, he asked me, or the first time I met him, he showed me the farm, and he was so proud, of course, of everything. And the second time I met him, he said. Uh, what are you going to do when you're finished with your teaching degree? And I said, like, nah, I was planning to be a teacher, maybe. Uh, <laughs> sure. Maybe you want to work for me, he said. <laughs> and, then, mm. and then I was uh, caught. He saw something. Uh, I obviously asked the right questions or whatever. It, uh, it uh, went so fast that in, yeah, three years later, I was, uh, he just handed over the company to me and, wow. and decided to retire at the age of 48. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, well, uh, Alf, I will say as an example for all married men, you are an inspiration to us all. Teach us the ways. So, for, for some yeah. of our listeners who might not be as familiar with the, um, geography of the area, can you give a, a little rundown of where Quare is? Is it, you know, in Norway, um, is it a small island? Is it, you know, where, where would yeah. people find that on the map? Yeah, it's um, uh, Norway's uh, quite a long country, as you know. Uh, compared to it's uh, normally compared to Chile, that's also a, a long country. We have a coastline. I think it's the second or third longest coastline uh, in uh, in the world. So we have a, a long country, um, uh, and we are located. Uh, the Ar- Arctic Circle is uh, uh, a little bit north of the middle of Norway, uh, and we're located just on the Arctic Circle. Uh, uh, so that's how far north we are. But we still, you know, we have the Gulf Stream and everything. So the temperature here are uh, varies from the Arctic Circle that goes to Canada and, and, and there. So we have a, a very, very good 
or even perfect farming conditions in this area. So it's north now that and it's cold, but it's, uh, it's uh, good. Yeah. Now that it's springtime, you must be really excited to actually have non-dark hours also. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, still uh, dark outside uh, in, the, in the night, so it's uh, the light is coming back. But it's um, it's absolutely good to wake up every day, and you can see the change because mm. it's so that change happens so fast from being completely dark to adding seven minutes every day. That's how fast it goes until it's that completely is. light. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually yeah, it's seven minutes every day. So uh, suddenly it's twenty-four hours of light. So that's it's a good this time. I like it, but it, it's normally also the coldest time. And right now we have a lot of snow and, and a lot of wind. And March is 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 the coldest month, to, uh, and April, of course, being uh, the time where spring might come. We even have snow in May. You never know where when the snow goes away. But it's uh, yeah. It's better times, at least. And also, with the light comes the salmon uh, growing faster again and, and things uh, getting back to normal. So, yeah. So. And, uh, and we are located just outside the coast uh, or the mainland of Norway. So it's only, it takes only five to ten minutes by a boat to get out to the island. And the island is not so big. It's big enough uh, for more people than we are, but right at the moment we're 90 people living on the island. So wow. it's, not a, it's not a big community, but it's a very active community, as I said. We have uh, we have kindergarten, we have the school all the way up till the kids are 15. We have a shop, we have a pub, we have a restaurant, we have a tourist company on the island. We have There's a lot of things happening on the island. So it's everything a very active need. community. Yeah, everything you need. Great. So you mentioned the growing of the salmon and then that's what you guys do. You grow the yeah. salmon. Um, going from what, a few thousand salmon to a few million salmon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what was able to, you know, what happened that was made it able for you to, to grow like that? I mean, that over a 30, 40 year span, what changes were implemented that, that caused such massive growth over those? those few decades no for us it was uh, a lot of uh, neighbors and, and other companies tried being bigger uh, faster but they failed and uh, uh, you know there's a lot of bank there was a lot of bankruptcy in the farming industry in Norway because of uh, overproduction and, and so on so my father was smart his intention was never to grow a, a huge uh, business his intention was always to build the company stone by stone and, and give it on to the next generation. So he wasn't uh, threatened by uh, bankruptcy or anything. He he did. The, he, he took some very very wise decisions. And then uh, I came in. <laughs> uh, no, but because when I took over the company, it was we were at uh, six hundred thousand fish. So the growth that has come has come with me being CEO from going from six hundred thousand to to two millions. And that growth has come from being, again, not being over-eager to grow a, a huge company, but, but part of what we do and part of how we produce and, and those things are, it's very important to, be, to do what we do. You have to be in the market the whole time. And we are probably the only small farmer that, or our size farmer that is able to plan and do a production where we harvest every week. We're not so focused on producing as much as possible. We're focused on producing a market-adapted fish and having fish the whole year around. So um, we, are, we are more than happy with 2 million. We, we have no immediate plans to grow the company bigger than it is now. It's actually, for me, taking it from when I started to now, it's just insane how much it has uh, grown and how many more employees we are i'm not the oldest one in the company but i'm the i'm the one that's been working in the company the longest that tells you a little bit about how it have grown yeah and we're only we've grown from six employees to 26 so that's big, yeah. yeah that's a that's a big increase for sure and um, some about of that a quarter of the island population um, acquisition <laughs> so you know having quarry smolt now and being yeah. able to start to acquire other companies so that they're owning the entire supply chain is also 
very important because these standards that they're putting into place, it really does take being engaged at every level in order to become you know, best in class and ahead of what the rest of the industry is doing. Uh, so we're eventually going to go down to this road, go down this road. But uh, going into your website and looking at some of the marketing materials, there's a lot of sustainability projects, things that you've integrated within this facility, this company that are very impressive and things that I haven't seen uh, other people doing. Could you talk a little bit about uh, maybe some of these projects that you're working on? and how it's changed or grown, helped grow your company? Most specifically, uh, the, the lump suckers I was really impressed with. <laughs> but there's others as well. He just thinks they're adorable. Yeah, that's, uh, everyone thinks they're adorable. No, it, it's um, being, uh, I think, uh, why we are where we are is, is part of what I said with me and my brothers in law, being young and being able to take over a company and being able to, to move it forward and, and to be innovative and, and uh, do new things is, uh, is uh, important also. It's an important part of the story or the history of the company. Uh, and uh, we have been learning from the, the older generation on how the lump sucker is a, is a thing that we learned from the, the ones that started farming. It's something we learned from them. Uh, they, they show or they told us that lump sucker that live wild uh, the salmon uh, uh, goes to the kelp beds and, and get cleaned by the, the lump suckers. So we started a project to to farm lump suckers, and they're very easy to farm. So all of the lump sucker we use are farmed lump suckers, and not like we have caught them wild or anything. They are they're uh, farmed. So we in two thousand and nine we were one of the or we were the first farmer that started big scale and in, in using the lump sucker, and and it worked immediately. And now uh, I think uh, the, the lump sucker industry is, uh, is around 40 million uh, lump suckers being produced every year. So it's, uh, we, we started and took it uh, from there. And it's, uh, it's an innovation that we are still, we're still finding out things about the, the fish that is uh, interesting and still learning on how to, how to use it in a better way and how to make sure it has thrives in the pens with the salmon and, uh, gets the feed uh, additional to the lice that it needs. Um, yeah, like I, sa- I said to say to my uh, or to the people that want to learn from us, I say that we use the same amount of time uh, farming the lump suckers as we use farming the sun. We have to use the same amount of manpower on, on watching the lump suckers that we do watching the salmon grow. Yeah. So and then uh, might not know what a lump sucker is. It's a it's a round marine fish that can stick onto things with its belly and they're a little adorable, but they eat sea lice, right? That's why, that's why they're so important at, at a salmon yeah. farm is because sea lice is such a major issue at a lot of salmon farming facilities. And so to have a, another species that you can raise in addition to salmon, that's going to take care of that problem as much as possible. It'd be super, super beneficial. How do you farm them? How are they raised? Do you raise them in tanks and then release them or how is that done? Yeah. First of all, you have to collect, collect, uh, wild fish to breed on mm-hmm. uh, of course and then you uh, make the row when you you uh, grow them in tanks on land with uh, flow through a circulation of uh, salt water and then when they are the right size to put them out we we transport it uh, uh, transport them out to the pens and put them out so for every sound every 10 salmon there's one lump sucker swimming in between there and, and cleaning them and making sure that they they stay parasite free uh, do they stay yeah. in the in the net pen? Are they? Can they not yeah. get out of the net pen? No, they cannot swim out. You, okay. so uh, the they're cute. Yeah, they're cute and they're square. That's uh, they have uh, problems getting through the nets because yeah. of their shape. Uh, that's so that's awesome. uh, yeah, that's awesome. And you know that these fish can really grow. We have had the, we put them normally out between twenty and forty grams, and we have had fish that's yeah around two kilos when we harvest the salmon. Yeah, they, so get they do get they bigger get, than because you, if you look up lump suckers like on Google image search, they're usually, yeah. they, it's all pictures yeah. of the babies because the babies are adorable. They're like little teddy bears. But they they're do, cute they get, with all the different colors and everything. But yeah, yeah they, they can get, get six, six kilos or 12 pounds uh, plus. So that's, uh, it's a big fish normally. So yeah. I'm curious, I want to shift to salmon a little bit because, um, you know, you say, like you said, you're not, you don't have the largest output in the world, but you have consistent output and you're able to harvest every week, correct? I'm curious what strategy 
you would have to take to be able to harvest every week all throughout the year? Because I feel like that would be more of a math problem than anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's part of why we have uh, acquired our own uh, small uh, facility uh, and own it 100% uh, ourselves. It's a planning process. It's uh, knowing how fast the fish grows, knowing what size you need it to be and when you need it, when to put it out. All of these things are, you can plan, but it, I used to say that an Excel sheet is one thing, but uh, biology is another, a whole other thing. But we try to vary the size that we put out and vary the timing of when we put it out. So we always have options uh, available uh, at any given time. And it's, uh, it's hard. You need a flexible harvest station, you need a flexible well boat, and you need uh, everything to be very flexible uh, at any given time. But it's possible. If your goal is not to produce as much salmon as possible, but to produce salmon all year round. And a lot of farmers disagree with me in this tactic. But the, and that you can see also in the price-wise uh, in, in the salmon production. If, if more farmers taught like we were, then the price wouldn't have those up and downs uh, uh, going in. It could be more stable all year round instead of uh, being uh, very high at the period at this period of year where where there's very little salmon in, in the sea and, and very low when they grow the fastest, of course. Because a lot of people use the fast-growing time of year to just pound out as much, more, much salmon as possible to, yeah. to produce most, uh, as much possible salmon as they, as they can. Yeah, well, they tend to go look at the time of year and the climate and everything and then yeah. put them in at this time of year because that will allow them to grow as fast and as big as possible. So then at the end of their growing cycle, we have this massive harvest and then you ship it all out and then your cages go dormant or something or you you, know, you go into fallow for a little while. So that's a, I mean, I, I guess it's just two different strategies. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely. Of course, the bigger farmers, they don't have any problems being able to harvest all, all year round, but uh, it's very special for a small farmer like us to be able to do it. Hey, again, it's part of our strategy. And uh, mm -hmm. all the other project is also part of the whole picture. Uh, uh, it's, it's tempting being a farmer to be say yes to every project that comes around, but we we try to uh, do a thorough uh, investigation and analyze what is the right choice to do for for future for the future of farming and for the sustainability of farming. So it's uh, it's an inter interesting job and especially interesting uh, the last five years with all the new technology and all the new uh, uh, options out there. It's it's just amazing how much. Uh, how much the industry had changed just the last five years. What was, because you didn't come from a fishing background, it doesn't sound like, so what did you find the most difficult? Where was the largest learning curve trying to get a grasp or an understanding of, of the facility and how things run? Was there specific areas that, just that you really need to kind of focus on or is there some tricky areas that just needed some extra yeah. education <laughs> yeah of course i i um, i had my father-in-law when i took uh, when i started in the company and i i have worked all the way from the harvest station and out to the farms and at the lump sucker facilities and uh, every part of the operation i have been working at and trying to learn as much as possible uh, but the hardest one is, of course, the biology and, and, and learning uh, how the fish grows and how fast it grows and, yep. and temperatures and all of those things. But it's, it's uh, one of the important things I said to my father-in-law when he gave me the company is that uh, you're not allowed to move away from the island because I, I, I'm not even close to being fully educated in doing this so I, yeah. I I need you to be close and I need your advice on everything uh, uh, of course and and I, I'm lucky with the chemistry I have with my brother-in-laws also because normally a, a company wouldn't work with a with a son-in-law coming and taking over the company before the two uh, brothers that were right, yeah right. supposed to come in there and take the company 
uh, or even the daughter, but she she's a kindergarten teacher and, and has no interest in the, in the company. But yeah, so we have a we have an extraordinary chemistry. They we have a respect for each other. They have the biology degree. They have uh, that knowledge. And I totally respect that they, they know more than me when it comes to that area of the production. And then I have the, the economy and, the, and the, the teacher degree and able to, to manage people and, and the market understanding and all of those things. And, and we together, we kind of work in a symbiosis uh, yeah, kind of way with uh, doing our thing and, and taking all the major discussions uh, together and, and decisions together. And if I have to, I have to put down the foot and say, this is how we're going to do it. And, and they respect that. And, and we haven't had um, an argument so far. That's uh, mm-hmm. every time I say that, I, I, I have to think, uh, think about it, but I, we haven't actually. And yeah. that's uh, it's the same with my, like I say, with my wife, we haven't, and this is, I'm not joking. Us, we haven't had an argument uh, yet where we, where we really disagree. Yeah. That's, uh, you can't teach that's that. Probably, no, that's probably uh, maybe it's my uh, teaching uh, skills that um, makes me manipulate them to <laughs> to agree with me or something like that. But it, no, it's it's. I think it's a it's a chemistry thing. We have the respect for each other. So going along with that, since Quare has been around for forty, almost forty-five years, a lot has changed in the industry in those 45 years and even up until 2008, 1976 to 2008, it's totally different industry. Yeah. So I'm just curious to hear about what kind of technology advancements and sustainable practices have had the most impact on growing the business and provided learning experiences for you and your father-in-law. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, question. Probably the the most uh, progress made in farming is is of course the breeding of the fish. I think we are uh, the technology of breeding has has uh, has been able to get the salmon farming where we are today. Uh, the technology they used in the early age are are obsolete now, and they can. There are so many more options now, but we couldn't be where we are now without the knowledge and. Uh, and the work they did uh, in the early stages, selecting the right fish uh, for farming uh, all the way to where we are today. Uh, and then, of course, the feed. The feed is, uh, has uh, gone from being uh, frozen fish to being high-technology compressed feed that, that has a feed ratio that is insane. You can grow a fish a one-to-one ratio. One kilo feed equals one kilo of fish. That's insane when you started with uh, 10 kilo of uh, fish turning into one kilo of uh, salmon. So it's, it's just amazing, those things, and also the optimization of the industry, of course, with uh, the feeding uh, technology that's uh, developed from having, a, I don't know the English word for it, but having hand-fed the salmon with uh, just uh, uh, a spoon to uh, to today where there are we have farms or our farms are small but we at some points during summertime we feed around 50 tons a day uh, of feed so it's uh, wow it's insane uh, the development yeah yeah that is that is if that answers your question i'm not sure but yeah it's like shy has a question but i couldn't hear him oh you can you hear me now no i can yeah i can hear you now you, yep. you derailed my train of thought, Justin. But um, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm good at those, that. A lot of those advancements are, um, you know, the the inspiration for them comes with ef- efficiency, or comes from a place of efficiency and the idea of sustainability. And you guys are kind of, you know, in a lot of ways leading the charge for sustainability and and responsible practices when it comes to salmon farming. So, what are some things that you guys are doing at Quare that stand out from the rest when it comes to the sustainability factor yeah i would say um, uh, feed of course being the the most important thing that sticks up but we have a uh, we have other things also like the copper net uh, copper non-copper treated nets that we use uh, the lower density in in the farms the, of course the non uh, 
non-antibiotic uh, chemical medicine uh, use uh, we stick out from the farm from other farmers. Yeah, so we have uh, and we're and and also technology. I think we are adapting and using more more and more technology than the other farmers are. Of course, there are other farms that also is taking uh, advantage of all the technology that is in there. But we have we're in the front when it comes to that also taking uh, blockchain and big data and analyzing it and using it to learn from the production and everything. Uh, but of course, feed being the most important one. We have our own feed that we've been uh, developing since uh, 2012 now, uh, our own recipe. Together with Biomar, we have, uh, we have really moved the feed industry even further and, and shown that it's possible to innovate and to move uh, uh, that into a more sustainable uh, way of farming. And, uh, and the feed is uh, one of a kind. I had a dream that it was possible to do it, uh, but it's uh, that that we sh- that we would be where we are today. I I, I didn't even uh, had the, the guts to think that it was possible to be so far ahead of everyone else uh, without anyone uh, thinking the same way we are doing all of the things: the double omega three, the the cleaning of the marine ingredients the, from PCB and dioxins, the the use of algae oil instead of marine ingredients to lower the fish in, fish out, uh, the natural colorant. Uh, all of these things have really, really moved uh, the feeding industry forward. And that's thanks to the cooperation we had with Whole Foods in the beginning when we started this project. They had their standard that we adapted to and uh, took further. And now we see that we made some very good choices because now Whole Foods is moving their standards towards where we are today. So, so that shows that we have done some very good uh, choices uh, making Absolutely. a better salmon, more sustainable. And it's also the transparency and the loyalty, which I think we tend to forget about as salmon and other types of um, aquaculture have been more commoditized. So when you start and you have a relationship, like they have a collaborative relationship with Biomar and Corbion, you can really be, be able to affect their innovation pipeline. So I want to say, I think that's very important now and not jumping around because I mean, I, I've been a, a, a part of projects where they're always out there bidding the formula from one company to another. And one of the things that Alf has done and made sure of is that he stayed loyal to that path. So there's innovation and making the uh, making it available. I mean, the blue feed with Biomar is available. Any salmon producer can buy it. So he didn't look at it and say, oh, I'm not going to make this available to the other companies. I want to hoard it or right, hold it all fine. in myself, which we've mm-hmm. talked about projects I've been a part of where they had exclusivity. The other thing is the transparency piece. We can be transparent in blockchain um, from the farm all the way to the plate. And we will have a lot of announcements around that with IBM, the first ever aquaculture company to do that. But more importantly, on the back end, or as important as on the back end, if you go to discoverseafood.world, which is powered by Biomar, discoverseafood.world, it gives you full transparency on every single um, ingredient in the um, feed itself. So you can look at it and go, oh, that algae prime came from Brazil and this is how it was produced and then it made its way to here. Or the soy is from Germany that's non-GMO, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's a lot that's unaccounted for in aquaculture in the feed and making sure that that it's truly a trim in the diet and that it's from MSC sourced fisheries. You know, all of these things um, open up a world when you have this openness that you don't have anything to lose. You really have everything to gain by collaboration and by transparency. You can get so much further. And feed is such a hot topic. I mean, feed comes up in almost every conversation that we have at some point when we're talking about aquaculture. Uh, we've had a number of episodes talking about feed yeah. specifically. Mm-hmm. It is just such a hot topic. And to be on the forefront of those innovations and the, the science that's pushing that industry forward is, is definitely a, a good comfortable place to be maybe not comfortable yeah. but a good place to be <laughs> every when we started the project everyone was telling or were shaking their heads and wondering why we wanted to do something with the feed and especially make it more expensive because uh, what it was doing a lot of money uh, 
So why why would you do that? But for for us, we have been looking at it uh, completely different. It's it's more an investment into the future and investment into uh, being able to produce salmon uh, going forward. Because we have a lot of uh, criticism against farming, uh, and some of them some of the arguments are correct. Why aren't you doing anything to move forward uh, when especially when you're making a lot of money and and, and are able to to do a lot of things and and there are customers that are willing to pay more uh, for the for the more sustainable raised uh, fish also so mm-hmm. so why don't try to do something better and we we have dared to do that although everyone has shook, shaken their head and said that this is not never going to work and uh, now everyone is looking at us and and it's important for me also to have that open to have the feed available because that's part of of the industry the, the openness is part of the industry and that's how the industry came together and started was with this openness with the with the first farmers just uh, having other farmers to come visit them work at the farm learn they learned them everything when i came into the industry the industry was still like that you could call one of the other farmers you could ask him how do you do this and they will they would answer you but now there're more and more uh, stock uh, companies, uh, stock exchange companies, and, and you can't call them and they can't answer questions. But still, if you call a family company and you ask them, how do you do this? They will honestly give you the full story on what they do and how they do it. And, and uh, it's just amazing to be part of such an industry and, and to be part of such a developing industry when, when you have that openness. I mean, there are things like obviously the the netting and the if you look at just the technology on the farm, you know, there are great innovations that have happened. Uh, I, I look at some of those things as table stakes, right? If we have double netting systems, if we have emergency nets, if there's any if there are any issues on the farm, using no copper antifoulance, lower pen densities, those are all things now that Quare has driven to the forefront that now much of the industry has followed. But um, you know. Ask Alf what happens to the nets after they're um, after they're used on the farm, and he will move over and show you a chair that is produced by the plastics that are on the farm. And we were going to show those in our booth at um, at Boston. So I mean, it's it's like that continual thing. There's a there's a salt producer on the island, and there's a seaweed, a dry seaweed producer, and a gin company, and all of these. I just think it's the most incredible thing that there is all of this connective tissue on. It's the small things. A lot of times it's the little things that all add up to the big thing. Using the Aquai technology, the the salmon robots, you know, that was a company that was based out of San Diego and all, you know, um, they, they heard about what Quare was doing on a television show, on a PBS show in the U.S., they reached out and now Alf has, has really championed what she's doing and they're producing now, they're about to produce at scale, um, these robotic fish in Norway. They've actually moved Ooh. the company to Norway. These things don't happen without someone that understands that if you're really truly investing um, and you're going to, for the betterment of the industry, be able to move it forward, you've got to reinvest. And I think that that was passed from Alf's father-in-law and his father literally to continue to reinvest and make sure that we're growing. And that's part of the charge that um, we wanted to bring when Alf tasked, you know, when we were introduced um, several months ago. And he said, the reason why we don't want to sell the fish, we were using another distributor, the fish was sold through Whole Foods, but you never had heard about Quarry or Quarry Arctic. No one knew. And and all of these efforts need to be championed in order to really create true sustainability because these are things that are all possible, all inspirational to the rest of the industry. So for the board and the family and for Alf to say, we're going to invest in a sales team in the U.S., invest in efforts that are going to um, really champion this and, and make sure that all of the touch points that we're bringing, we're bringing to market, um, has been one of the greatest um, opportunities and joys of my career because it is so authentic to tell that family story. And, you know, we're very, very lucky to be a part. And I'm glad you got into this, Jen, because I wanted to shift to you a little bit and have you just talk about real quick what you're doing for and with Quare. Because, you know, last time we spoke with you, you were working with a different company. And so 
people are going to start getting a gist for what you do here in the industry and what you do for the industry. So what, what is it that you're working with Quarry right now um, to try and achieve? I mean, this was ama an amazing thing. Uh, Catherine Breyer, who is with Biomar, uh, reached out to me. Jill Johnson um, also reached out from Corbion and said, you know, we've got this best-in-class producer. I had heard about Alf, you know, being on the board for Love the Wild. I knew, about, obviously, about Quarry and had seen her visit the farm, um, you know, with, with no idea that we would ever cross paths. And Alf and, um, and their head of finance, Rune Mickelson, came, flew to the U.S. after a little bit of vetting me. And we sat down, Alf what, for about six hours, part of which was uh, with a little bit of good wine and a good meal. And we you know, talked about what our vision was. And for me, here's how I feel about this. I have, you know, we've talked about the fact that if I close my eyes and picture a farm, you know, I go back to my grandfather's third generation ranch and he was a cattle rancher and corn farmer in rural Colorado. I can picture it like that. You know, I, but if I were to ask someone to picture a salmon farm or a, a water farm at all, they kind of immediately go into that narrative that's commoditized, that's, you know, growing. Now, if I think about the ranch and I walk up to go buy a piece of beef, you know, at, at a grocery store, I still think of my grandfather raising the beef, even though that looks a whole lot different, you know, 50 years later. So we've never had the chance to tell this type of a story. And I think it's a story that, that the aquaculture industry and that, and particularly the, the consumer, chefs, buyers, however you, you know, want to, you know, categorize a, a consumer has needed to know that there's this hard work going on on the water. So what I was asked to do and, and could not have done it with, without, you know, without Alf was to then take that and, and build the story and the brand and bring it to market. And we worked really, um, we've worked really well together. We worked hard on this. Um, you know, we set budgets and um, really built what became from the ground up the American arm of this company. So I, I felt very honored to be able to be, build this, work with, um, we used um, Addis, a brand design team that I'd worked with in the past. And so all of the storytelling, the connective tissue to hiring the sales team, Alf obviously knew a lot about logistics already. So we had a lot of opportunity to, to build this in exactly the way we wanted and, and then launch it on February 1st. And I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I can tell you from being involved in aquaculture for a decade to sit there and have the kinds of thought leaders and chefs and food, um, food service entities. We joined, we were immediately asked to become a partner with the um, Healthy Menus R&D Collaborative at the Culinary Institute of America, uh, something I've never been able to get any water farmer in and lead the story of that with protein. Just, just all kinds of things that open doors that, that we are um, really honored to be a part of. Just, just truly with all of the, the reverence and the gratitude in the world to be able to have these partners and, and have people feel so good about, about the work that's going on. Amazing. Well, we're getting a little short on time, so I don't want to keep you for too long. Alf, I'm not sure. What, what time is it over there? Uh, it's always uh, dark. You can't tell. It's always day. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, in a casino or something. <laughs> no, it's been... Um, it's been a long day, I have to say that. So no, it's half past uh, half past eight or thirty-seven minutes past eight. Okay. So it's not too. And it's late. terrible to say I still have him for a little while longer. Um, <laughs> two more, <laughs> two more things. So well, I how far away is the gin? The gin <laughs> yeah. uh, facility. At the moment, too far. At the moment, too far. That's a problem. Awesome. We need. Well, I do. Uh, we need more gin to uh, fight Corona when it comes yeah. to mm. Yeah. Well, at least, you, yeah. know, you know, you don't have a massive population over there, so you can do the social distancing thing fairly easily. Um, <laughs> so you guys, you know. I have to say, I think one of the most compelling and valuable parts of your story at Quare is that you have this combination of your father-in-law and his father who are industry pros, know all the ins and outs, the biology, the science, the technology, but then you bring in this fresh creative perspective from, I mean, you're not really an outsider anymore because you've been there since 2008, but this, uh, it seems like that. what you've brought to the table has added a lot to the business. And I think it's just a really 
great combination, a winning combination. Yeah. Well, fresh Thank eyes are, can be Thank invaluable. Yeah. So sure. can I piggyback off that, Maddie? I come from the education. That was my background. Uh, I was a teacher before I joined GAA. And so I'm learning all about the seafood industry over the last three years. I kind of just got thrown into it. And so my question for you, given that you had a, a similar background, is, and I don't know if you do this already, but have you ever thought of putting together some sort of learning environment for either the local children on the island or bringing people over from the, the mainland if it's only a 10-minute boat ride and maybe teaching the youth some of these innovative um, things that you're working on. I mean, they're eventually going to be the future of this industry. Yeah, funny that you mention it. Of course, we have uh, thought about that. Uh, and we have a, a huge project going on that I, I haven't, I don't think I even shared with Jennifer. It's a, uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> it's you uh, here first. I, 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 I used to say about projects, it wasn't what I knew that kept me up at night. It was what I didn't know. And now <laughs> I'm like, I'm so amazed at everything that he's involved in that I sleep soundly, and I and I feel like every day I wake up and there's something else. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. From sponsoring athletes to all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry for that. No, it's uh, we have a we have a. I think it's important to. The education the, the the farmers or those that want to be the next farmers get today is obsolete. It's it's too old. It's based on old uh, books and everything. So we have a, a big project with First Scandinavia, uh, a teacher organization in in the north of Norway, and uh, and uh, several others that we are working on to make to make a, a, a port, not a portable a, a movable. Uh, education platform that will move. Uh, we have uh, agreed with 22 cities in Norway to when we uh, establish it that it will move between those 22 cities being available in different times of year uh, in the cities for all the school classes and everything. And those are areas where where you don't have farming in the area. Uh, it's cities that are located uh, away from the water, uh, but we need more people. We need more hands in this industry going forward. So we need to educate them on on the possibilities and also the the technology and uh, the way the industry is moving forward. So we have been uh, we've been spending a lot of time on that project also the last year, and we have an application. We actually have an application into the government. Uh, awaiting um, answers or approval for them to move forward with the project. Excellent. I can't wait to find out more in the coming I feel now I have, send, I have to send this one also to Jennifer. So yeah, she might, oh, she's frivolously typing over there. You know, we'll, we'll tease up. We have a couple of big announcements yeah. coming up, uh, that yeah. one of which has specifically to do with education and investment. Um, yeah. as well as a completely sustainable, recyclable box. We've been working on innovation around packaging, so you should watch for that because um, by summer we're going to be launching a fully sustainable box, which is airline approved. And I think especially during this time as we are running short on, on time, you know, it's important to note that all of this effort, all of this kind of looking down the road and around the bend, you know, our industry has really looked in the rearview mirror for so long. And by the time you get something implemented, it's already passed. And so, you know, under this leadership, looking down the road and around the bend, what we see during a particular time of crisis like this is, is that we have, you know, cargo already squared away and ready to go. We're thinking about frozen technology, you know, frozen fish that's coming into country, helping, you know, our partners like Whole Foods make sure that there's enough fish. All of the, some of the things that our industry is looking at, you know, all of a sudden everybody wants to coordinate and buy cargo, plane cargo. You know, ALF is already having conversations about ghost planes that are flying with cargo on it instead of passengers. So we're there right now on the ground. We'd already been working on these things. And what we can say is that great fish is coming to communities that need healthy meals as they gather around the table and with steady supply. And we, we're definitely right there at the forefront of that as well while we help everybody navigate through this crisis. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, my last question is, and I just want to wrap it up, but my last question is uh, surrounding third-party certifications. Do you guys have any third-party certifications? I know you spoke about 
Whole yes. Foods, correct? Uh, do you have a BAP certification or ASC, anything like that? Uh, yeah, we have ASC, Global Gap, and Whole Foods Standard, and we're working with the BIP also. Uh, so we have third-party verification, yeah, uh, and all this. Uh, yeah. And Seafood Watch, of course. Um, you know, when Seafood Watch has standard, where they were, you all know this, in November, they stopped actually um, assessing individual projects. And those that were ASC certified in, in open ocean net pen salmon farming have that eco deferment, that eco certification, automatic yellow. But um, but had had green still been alive, um, that would have been an announcement we would have made this year because mm -hmm. our assessments had to already come in. Yeah, well, that's great. That's all. I mean, you, you got it covered. You covering all your bases. I love it. You guys are doing great work, Jen. You're doing great work getting the word out there. It, the material that you guys have been putting out is just is beautiful and informative and easy to understand, which I think is a, a key component. So good on you and, you know, keep up the good work. And you have a beautiful website, which we will link to in the show notes of this podcast episode. Thank you. Yeah, we, there is a bunch of things that we talked about during this episode that we'll go back through and listen and, and link in the show notes. And Elf, is there a contact page on that website, just in case any of our listeners want to reach out or have any questions from this episode? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Anything else that you guys want to get out there before we uh, finish up? Uh, I think we have been <laughs> into even more than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, um, it's, um, it's good, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank Again, you guys. watch for more. There's way more coming. So just everybody watch what happens this year. Uh, there's so much that's exciting about this brand and, and you'll see that's really leading the way. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, I hope nothing but the best for you guys in the future. And I hope you guys are still saying healthy and everyone around you is, is healthy and happy. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, that was our conversation with Alf and Jennifer. I hope you enjoyed it as always. I hope you learned something. Like we said in the beginning, that was a great conversation. I, I loved hearing their story and, and his story of how he joined into this fish farm family and you know uh, like Justin said him and myself had a kind of similar path we both came I mean I studied aquaculture but I also have been working in education since I finished college so we both came from an education background just like Alf did so it was kind of cool to hear that story only the difference is we're not CEOs he is so I guess we did something wrong along the way but I'm Paula <laughs> But, you know, it was a great conversation and, you know, you can't wait to see what they're doing in the future. You guys have anything that you want to say before? Make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter at AquademiaPod. And you can email us at podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. Or you can call us and leave us a voicemail at the phone number that's listed in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're all recording from home, so I don't have that number right on on my person but make sure to subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now leave us a rating and written review that's always super helpful for us uh, we really appreciate that and i hope everyone is staying healthy and staying safe and we'll talk to you next time thanks again for listening bye ciao <laughs>